Welcome to Arise Church, where we exist so you can experience God. We pray that this sermon blesses you, encourages you, and helps you to take one step closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. What is up, everybody? Super excited to be back with you this morning. You survived the hurricane. Glad you're in here. And you couldn't do this without some kind of cheesy church joke. So may the wind of the Holy Spirit just blow through here like he did during the hurricane. Hey, we, uh, by the way, my name is Brent. I'm your lead pastor. If you're new to our church, uh, it's good to get to meet you. Hopefully I can meet you afterwards. I uh, also want to quickly celebrate as we always do. Last week was incredible uh, in our South Shore location. It was awesome here, but in our South Shore location, they really felt compelled uh, as they were doing baptisms to like just make it available. Uh, multiple people, prophetic people kind of came to Pastor Pete as well as him. Erica was there. Uh, and during the beginning of the message or, or during worship, I guess, after they had done baptism, they just made it available to anybody else that felt led to be baptized. And eight more people came up, fully clothed. Yeah. Like people wearing like, like basically suits. Some, one person wearing a hoodie like came up and they're literally crying and, and tears are filling the, the baptismal tank at the same time, just repenting and giving their life to Christ or going public with that faith. And just a really cool move of God that happened there last week. So love that, love that, love that. I also want to quickly uh, let you know my goodness, this thing got really dark on me. I want to quickly let you know uh, that uh, 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 you just saw child dedications that we just had here. Uh, we need volunteers in our kids' ministry, and so it is an amazing place where you get to invest in the kids. You're not just rocking babies. You're not just holding babies and changing diapers. You're investing in the future. Every one of you were at one point, if you were in church in that era, you were in kids ministry and somebody invested in you. And this is your opportunity to invest in the kids as well. So when you came in today, we don't have worship guides because of power being out and all that. So we apologize for that. All the type A's in the room are freaking out. You can still take notes, pad and paper. It actually works. If you're on your phone, just don't be scrolling Instagram while I'm preaching, right? So, uh, but take notes somewhere else. But uh, so instead, when you came in, you should have gotten a serve card. And so I just encourage you. Uh, our goal is that you only have to serve like once a month or so. And so I just encourage you to volunteer, sign up, especially where it says kids ministry here, and take that to the connection desk afterwards. We uh, could use your help in that area, especially as our church continues to grow. And so moms, dads, sign up, get involved. Uh, also want to quickly let you know we could use some ushers as well. So if you are interested in ushering, uh, then see uh, Brian Snyder in Main Street after the service is over. Y'all with me? How many of you have volunteered in kids ministry at some point? Raise your hand. Everybody else, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. All right, if you didn't raise your hand. Okay. So this is a little ironic how God works because I was planning to talk about stress and anxiety this week and I had written the message. I, I write messages about two weeks out. And so I had written the message and the opening line of the message was, how many of you have ever felt stress or anxiety? And then we had a hurricane come in this week. <laughs> And I feel pretty confident that everybody in the room at some point over the last few days, no matter how spiritual you are, felt some sort of stress or anxiety. Even if it's not for you, it might even be for somebody else. I just heard a story a moment ago of somebody down south that, that is uh, known by somebody in our church that said the bedroom, uh, the ceiling and the roof over the bedroom was completely ripped off of, a, I believe, 78-year-old lady. Uh, that, that should cause you a little bit of stress, right? And it's not even your stress. It's like, man, we, we got to do something about that. And, and, and I love this. I think you already heard it, but we are through Convoy of Hope. Your systemic giving, your giving over and over and over, uh, your reoccurring giving is going to Convoy of Hope. They're one of our key partner missionaries that are already uh, down there and we're down there immediately. And that's part of what you do when you give towards legacy at our church. But beyond that, uh, possibly in the coming weeks as the needs arise, we might be assembling crews to go down on the weekend or something and help with some of the, um, the projects that we have. I'm, I've been in contact with some of the pastors down there to see what the need is. Uh, we don't want everybody just to go when there's not a need, but, but we can see it. But, but, but we, we, we see the stress that comes in the middle of a hurricane. That, that, that's one thing. Um, but, but I was telling in the green room before service, I was telling the, the worship team, sometimes there's like a hurricane on the outside, but there's also a hurricane on the inside. Because sometimes you can already be under chronic stress, and then you have an outside stressor and an inside stressor at the exact same time that can completely take you under. Because it's one thing if you just have to withstand a storm that lasts a day or two, if you just have to withstand not having power for a few days, you can survive that. But it's a whole nother thing when the stress is over and over and over, day after day after day, week after week after week, month, year after year sometimes, sometimes even in the worst cases, decade after 
decade, and we live in the age of anxiety. <laughs> Have you noticed this? All around us, we live in the age of anxiety. In fact, just some, some quick, quick stats. I don't think this will, this will surprise anybody, but our generation actually works 181 hours more than the previous generation, which is one month later in the year. So you work an extra month than the previous generation as far as office hours are concerned. Uh, 80% of our, all mothers feel enormous amounts of stress. Come on, moms. 80%, 44% of Americans say they, they have more stress than they did five years ago. Uh, 20% say they are under extreme stress. And this has incredible problems and, and effects to our health. 60% of all diseases and illnesses have a root of stress. It's linked to six different leading causes of death. And it exacerbates other physical conditions that happen inside of us, like our blood pressure that might be natural, and it just exasperates it with stress. Stress kills us. And we live in this world right now that is, that is hyper-focused on everything wrong. And, and if you want to get privately, we can have deep discussions on why that is. But we are hyper-focused on everything that's wrong with everything, which causes us even greater amounts of stress. You can't watch the news without them showing you what's wrong with everything in your neighborhood, which causes you more stress. You do realize there's something right in your neighborhood, too. Yeah. If nothing else, hopefully it's your household, I hope. There, there's right in your neighborhood, but nobody wants to talk about that. We want to emphasize what's wrong. And so we're hypersensitive and hyper-focused on everything that's wrong, which causes our stress levels to go up. In fact, I haven't researched this to know if it's true, but somebody told me recently that the CDC actually has a plan for a zombie attack. Just in case. Why? Because, because we are so hyper-focused on everything that could possibly go wrong. And your body is absolutely incredible. Your body is made to handle the stress. It's made to handle stress. You have that fight or flight syndrome, you know, and, and you get in that, that moment of stress and, and your blood is gonna go from your brain and it's gonna go into your vital organs and it's gonna prepare to handle stress. And your body is made to handle stress, but it's not made to handle chronic stress. It's made to handle stress in a moment, a fight you get into, a difficulty you have, a challenge, a storm like Hurricane Ian. Your body can handle that. But week after week, month after month, year after year, your body was not made for that. And so it begins to break down. And, and that's the world that we live in right now. And so we all end up in this place of stress. And sometimes even the things that, that the stress itself is more lethal than the things we're stressing over. And we get so stressed. And so, 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 so around this room, we all have it, right? If, if, you're, if you're not married, you're stressed because you're like, I could, I, could, I could be 40 and unmarried and da, 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 and you get all stressed out over it. But then if you are married, you might be stressed because of who you're married to. Come on. For one person, you're stressed because you don't have kids. And you're like, I, I really want kids. God, I want to give me kids. God, give me kids. And you're stressed over not having kids. For a lot of other people, you're stressed because you have kids. Come on. Erica down front. Amen. Preach it, Pastor. She got four little girls like stepping stuff. For, for one person, it's like I'm stressed because I need a job. And God, I need a job. Another person, you're stressed because you have a job. Right? Here's the thing. You're always going to have these stressors in your life. It, it, it's real. It's real stress. There's real problems that we face. And there's real stress. But we have to learn how to deal with them godly so that the stressors don't take us out. Because you can't always con control the stressor, but you can control your reaction to the stressor. And we are responsible here. This is not popular in America, so lean in. You are responsible for your reaction to the stressor. You can't blame the hurricane. You can't blame the job. You can't blame your boss. You can't blame your kids. You are responsible for how you react to the hurricane. Stop playing the blame game. That's what people do in our society. That's not what we do. We take responsibility for our part of it, and, and our response is always our part of it. And, and this, isn't like, um, uh, this isn't like just some preacher preaching. In a very real sense, I, I've lived under stress most of my adult life because I'm an overachiever and I'm always just running. And to some degree, at certain points of my life, it has become overwhelming and affected my physical health. Uh, there was a one point in my life some years ago that I was, I was helping a church plant get started, which is a full-time job by itself. I was their worship leader and their youth pastor at the same time. I was traveling as an evangelist as much as I could. I was uh, also traveling in a band that would go around and play and, and sing, and I was singing and playing and all that going on. At the same time, in order to actually pay the bills, because you don't make any money doing that, so to pay the bills, I had my own business. 
The church I was helping to plant was over an hour away from my house, and I was not treated very well at that church, even though I was driving two hours every time I would go, an hour there, an hour back. And I was under a tremendous amount of stress. And I could take you to the spot on the road one day where I pulled out uh, uh, with my little business, and I pulled out, and I was so mentally fried in the moment that I guess, it's, I guess it's an anxiety attack. I've never had anybody diagnose it, but uh, I was so mentally fried that I forgot which side of the road I was supposed to drive on. And I pull out, and I'm like, in this moment, I'm like, what do I do? And I pulled off, and I called Ada, and I'm like, hey, um, this is going to sound stupid, but I can't remember which side of the road. And there were no cars coming to, like, point me in the right direction, because, and I'm like, I can't remember. And, and you can get to that point. During that same season, I was a youth pastor, like I said, and we had planned this amazing youth service, and we had all this military-themed stuff all over the stage, and we were doing a message on, like, being in the army of God and all this. So we got this military stuff all over the stage, and I had worked my butt off pulling it together, and I led worship for the youth, too, so I'm leading worship and all this. And, and we get up to the time of the message, and, and I do, did what I literally never do. I walked up on the stage to speak to these 50, 60 kids or whatever was in the room, and I, I walked up on the stage to speak to the students, and I just went blank. And I couldn't think, I couldn't process. And I stood there as all these teenagers looked at me like a bump on a log, like what's wrong with Pastor Brent? And I couldn't express anything out of my mouth. I started crying. All right, y'all should know this. If I cry, something's up. <laughs> like, like I'm not trying to be macho, I just don't cry. I'm not a crier, that's not normal for me. And I started crying. And I had an anxiety attack right there on the stage in front of everybody because I was burning the candle at both ends and running, running, running and trying to do all these things and it was killing me. In the moment, I was so proud of our teenagers because they all gathered around me and they all started praying and our youth leaders and, and different people and I actually think that might have been the greatest example of the army of God at work. <laughs> it ended up working out all right, but it wasn't exactly planned. In fact, it was very embarrassing if I'm gonna be completely honest with you in the moment because I don't do that. Anxiety is real. And it is, it is epidemic around our society because you, you got to understand this. Anxiety can go viral. So what do you mean? So humans are, are funny creatures, and, and I'm going to come back to him in a few minutes, but, but Edwin Friedman, Dr. Edmund Friedman, talks a lot about this. Um, humans are funny creatures that when we don't know how to respond to something, we actually look around us to see how everybody else responds. You know, I'm not saying we're all sheep, but that is a sheep mentality. That's, that's why you've had laugh tracks on, on sitcoms for so long. It's called conformity pressure. Uh, you are mentally contagious to the people around you. So in a moment where I don't know how to act, it's human nature to look around and see how everybody else is acting. And if we are weaker in our, in our mental um, state, we will just act like everybody else. So old school sitcoms had laugh tracks and you watched, you know, whatever the funny thing was that happened and you don't really know if it's that funny or not. But all of a sudden, you hear everybody laughing, and now you think it's funny. It's what we do. It's human nature. What's happening right now across America is scary, and really across the world, because when we don't know how to react about something, we see how everybody else is reacting, and we see it through the internet and the globalization of the world, and specifically through social media. So now something happens. Let's take a hurricane. I don't really know how to react to a hurricane. We always got you people that like, this is your first hurricane. There's always some of y'all. And it's like, I just moved to Florida. This is my first one. And you don't know how to react. So what do you do? You watch the news, which is going to tell you that there's a 99.9% .9 chance that your house is going to be picked up and moved to Alabama. And you will not survive and you will die in this thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give you an exaggeration, but you get the idea. And they will make it seem so anxious. And they will show you those videos that we all laugh about post where they're like standing there like bracing themselves for the storm and we're standing here along the beach. And then you see like some person walking their dog behind like looking at the camera. <laughs> and so we don't know how to respond. So we watch other people's responses and we, we actually tone our response to their response. Social media is king of this. So something happens, some, some racial thing or something happens across America and oftentimes we don't really know how to respond. So we go on social media and we watch people blow up all over the place and react all over the place. And anxiety starts spreading because we're watching anxious people react because anxious people always react, not respond. We need to learn to respond, not react. And so anxious people always have to, oh, oh, I gotta react, I gotta react, I gotta do something, I gotta move, I gotta, and so we watch all these, and then we sit back and go, well, what am I supposed to do? And then we start reacting as well. 
In fact, in our culture that we live in right now, we are such an anxious culture that if you don't react the way that people think you're supposed to react, then all of a sudden, if you're not acting anxious like everybody else, then we will try to diminish them and say, oh, you gotta act anxious. So instead of rising to the top and building people up to what they could be, we all go to the bottom. Because the anxious get mad at the non-anxious. So the crowd freaks out and it inspires everybody else to freak out. Think about it, think about it. You see this all the time, this conformity pressure that always happens. And emotionally unhealthy people dislike the non-reaction of the emotionally healthy. And so then they'll bring them down to their own level of anxiety as well. And so that begins to take hold in every one of us. So, so you've seen this in different ways. Think of, um, think of a fire. If a, you're in a movie theater and you've seen this, pictures, a fire starts to happen. If everybody around you starts freaking out, oh my gosh, ah, ah, your natural tendency is to fit in. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? Right? Okay, maybe not that one. You've all been on an airplane. I was on an airplane not long ago, and I had some of the strongest turbulence I think I've ever had. You're on an airplane, you hit, you hit the turbulence. Boom, boom. If everybody around you starts freaking out, ah! your natural tendency is to go, ah! It's human nature. And so what happens is anxiety around the nation, because it's so high, starts to go viral through our social networks through our globalization, through the news, through the television, through the globalization of the world. Anxiety starts to go, go all over the place and we can't even handle the non-anxious people that are actually there. So we cut them down while we create this anxiety. Why? Because anxiety will keep you watching. Anxiety, if you're anxious, you gotta see what's next, what's next. And you get captivated by data and techniques and how do we actually add to this. And so a, a symptom of an anxious society, according to Dr. Friedman, is always seeking quick fixes. So when you're in an anxious society, you want something that's gonna be a quick fix all the time. Quick fix, quick fix. You don't actually wanna do the work of actually fixing something, you just want a quick fix. So we turn to things like, like pills. I got anxiety! Instead of actually doing the deep work inside of yourself to deal with it, we're just gonna take a pill. Let's, let's get real, let's get really real. I'm gonna offend some people right now, you ready? Instead of doing the deal of what's happening inside of you that's causing the anxiety, we smoke pot. So we run to something, we run to something instead of actually dealing with what's going on inside of us. And we want these quick fixes. And so we, we become that old country song and as soon as we go through a hard time, we, we run to a bar to go get drink, right? To have a drink and go get drunk. Or we run to pornography because we've learned to cope as a coping mechanism as a quick fix. Or some people might even run towards Dancing, that's a big thing in our society, right? So we want to dance and it's a healthy way of, of venting and getting rid of all uh, the, the anxiety and the stress. And so we go dance, right? We go to the club or whatever. Which reminds me of this old movie that some of you might remember. 1984, they remade it, but let's not even talk about the remake. 1984, there was this old movie that was all about how dancing can affect your anxiety and how it can make you, you know, better and take away your stress. You know that movie? It's called... Foot loose.
You didn't think you were going to see that this morning, did you? So foot loose, right? We, we want to kick off our Sunday shoes and get foot loose. But what that oftentimes becomes is just a, a coping mechanism. And so we have to find something better than just a coping mechanism that works for a moment but doesn't actually heal you on the inside. Are you with me? So when it comes to dancing, and you have to understand this to understand the rest of the message. Some people run to dancing to get rid of stress. Dancing stresses me out. Amen. Am I, I, Pastor Ken said amen, Tony. Oh, thank you. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I do not dance. I'm not interested in dancing. I, don't, I play in the band. I'll let you dance. I am not interested in dancing. My wife's like, let's go dancing. I'm like, no. That stresses me out, man. Stresses me out. <laughs> so, if we deal with stress, and we're going to play off this dancing theme throughout this message now. If we deal with stress, then here's some good news for you. There is a great exchange that is waiting to happen where God actually wants to exchange your stress. It's not a quick fix. It's not an overnight thing. You're not going to take a pill or smoke this or do this and suddenly be stress-free. But it is something that can actually change you from the inside out to do the work of cultivating a lifestyle where you give God your stress and he gives you his peace. In the Gospel of Matthew, you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament is divided in these two halves, the Old Covenant, the New Covenant, and the very first letter, the first biography of Jesus in the New Testament is this one called Matthew. Traditionally, it's believed that's the first uh, book of the Bible to be written, or the first gospel to be written, at least, uh, traditionally. Uh, some people would argue Mark, but, but traditionally, that's why it ends up first in your Bible in the New Testament. And Matthew is this tax collector who, who turns uh, uh, from a sinner, which tax collector was like the most evil of the day turns to a follower of Jesus, and he writes in Matthew chapter 11, he writes this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. All right, if you're willing to do the work, let me give you three things for all the type A's who are freaking out. We don't have notes. I'm making it as easy as possible this morning on purpose. Three things to do when I am stressed. Number one, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. What does he say? Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, that's all you who are stressed out. All of us who are overwhelmed with anxiety, it starts right there. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, I will give you rest. Translation, get off the treadmill. Take a break. If the dance floor stresses you out, get off the dance floor. Or start doing the right dance. We'll talk about that in a moment. So, so this is going to be mind-boggling. This is going to be mind-blowing. You're not going to understand the powerful truth that I'm about to drop right now, but just prepare yourself for it. You ready? Here, here's, here's, here's what you need to hear. This is what Jesus is trying to do. Ready? He's what he's trying to say to you. Stop doing the thing that stresses you out. I know this is like so deep, so incredible, so awe-inspiring, so powerful. But, but you got to start here because this is really what Jesus is saying. Hey, stop doing that. Come to me. Come to me. Stop doing this. It's funny to me. I literally saw somebody that, that said this. They said, they said, they said, this is before the hurricane came. They said, I stayed up for three nights in a row watching the hurricane coverage. So anxious. And I'm so full. And I'm like, stop watching the hurricane coverage. It's going to come. I'm not saying not watch it. I'm not saying ignore it. I'm just saying if it's stressing you out, stop doing it. There's always somebody that come to me and they're like, the news just stresses me out. Stop watching the news. Or at least stop watching it so much. Listen, I can tell you, I used to watch the news and I feel like every third message I say something about the news because it's such a big thing in our society that's causing so much problem. But, but I used to watch the news. I literally stopped watching the news and I had so much less anxiety than when I watched it. Some of you might be able to stop drinking if you stop watching the news. That wasn't in my notes. That was for free. <laughs> Whatever that thing is that stresses you out. Now, if you can, stop doing it. I'm not saying you can drop your kids off at the church because they stress you out. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but there's always somebody, they're like, social media stresses me out. Stop getting on social media. Hello? If it stresses you out, if it causes a problem, stop it, right? 
How, how about this one? I'm, I'm just going to step on everybody's toes this morning. How about this one? There's always this parent that thinks their kid's going to make it to the major leagues. And so they run their kid from practice to practice and game to game. And, and they're running to Georgia so their kids can play shortstop. And they're stressed out. going, I'm so stressed out. And not only are they stressed out, they're usually stressing the kid out too. And we're creating this chronic. Let me just help you out. Your kid's not going to make it with the Yankees. I'm just being real with you. I'm just being real with you. And we get stressed out. Oftentimes, the very things that stress us out, we can deal with ourselves if we just stop doing the thing that stresses us out. And people are like, well, everybody does it. Well, if everybody jumped off a bridge, would you jump off the bridge? <laughs> it doesn't matter that everybody does it. If it's stressing you out, everybody else is stressed out. Your job is to not be stressed out, to have peace. And if it's something that stresses you out, stop doing it. I just, I just discovered this thing. I don't have my phone with me. I just discovered this thing the other day. Um, another pastor showed me this on Instagram, and it's probably this way. He said it's on TikTok, too, but I'm not on TikTok. He, there's this button you can hit, not interested. I don't know what it is for you, but for somebody in this room, there's certain things that you just need to hit the button in your life that says, I'm just not interested in that. Maybe I used to be, but it's causing me anxiety. I'm just not interested in that, right? And so, so anxiety has this way of, of getting it to your mind. And we're going to talk about depression next week, and it's really bad with this. And so if you know somebody deals with depression and suicidal thoughts, bring them back next week. But anxiety does this thing where it gets in our minds, and it keeps like, it's like a skipping record. It keeps going over and over and over, and you think the same thing, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And all of a sudden, there's a storm coming, and now the storm's going to you know, come near us. And then all of a sudden, the storm's going to come down my street, and then the storm's going to literally pick up my roof and it's going to take my roof and send it to Alabama and, and, this, and, and it keeps because the more we watch something we're feeding these negative thoughts and start it's, it's like a skipping record anybody remember you old enough to know what a skipping record is and it just like keeps skipping over and over saying the same things over and over and over and the same thing and we get this in our head and we can't get it out of our head but here's the problem we're feeding it you're never going to get it out of your head as long as you're feeding it stop feeding it whatever that thing is we all have it, man. Ada can be like an hour late and, and whatever, and she's not answering her phone. Nowadays, we have Life 360, but back before those days, and I'm like, where's Ada? And then my mind will start going down that rabbit trail. And I'm like, where's Ada? What if, what if, what if she got kidnapped? What if she's in a van being taken to Georgia right now? What if, what if I'm going to have to go like Taken and Liam Neeson? And, and what if, what if, right, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Your mind will start skipping the same things over and over and over and over. And at some point, you got to be intelligent enough and adult enough to go, stop it. Just, I'm not going to let my mind go there. I'm sure she's fine, right? At some point. But if you're watching stuff or being a part of stuff that's feeding that, you're never going to get out of it. And so it's old school, but just, just stop it. Just stop it. Because here's the thing. You're going to have some stress in life. You're going to have some trouble and stress. Jesus actually prophesied, and he said it in John 16. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This is important. Jesus is like, listen, you're going to have stressors in life. You're going to have hurricanes that come. They are going to come. You don't need to have self-inflicted stress and self-inflicted anxiety on top of the other anxiety. So, so when you're going to have this stuff, just, just get rid of it. Get it out of your life, whatever that, that is. Because, and this is what you need to know, and this is where the healing starts to happen. There is a place where stress dissipates or disappears. And it's not a temporary thing. It's something that if you learn a lifestyle of this, can actually allow you to walk through peace no matter what's happening in your life. In fact, Psalm 62 says, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. There is a place in God's presence where the stress will dissipate and start to disappear. Um, think of it this way. Uh, some of you, I've, I've heard this testimony many, many times over the years. You'll say to me something like this. I love coming to church because it's a place I find peace. All the turmoil of this world, all the stuff going on in my life. I love coming to church because I find peace here. I love that person. I think that's a great testimony. But I want to take it a step further and say you don't have to come to church to find peace. Right. You come to God's presence to find peace. Right. And what you're experiencing in the church is God's presence, and that's beautiful. But you can find God's peace in the traffic jam that usually stresses you out. If you'll stop, get out of your mind of I'm going to be late and the boss is going to get mad and this car in front of me just cut me off and all these negative thoughts and get rid of those and say, you know what, I'm stuck here. I'm going to 
turn my attention over to the Lord, right? We, we, used, to, we used to sing a song years ago, um, uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Y'all know this? Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. There's such truth in that song. If we can turn our eyes off of all the stuff that's stressing us out and turn our focus and our eyes and our attention onto the Lord, the things of this earth, the stressors, the anxieties will slowly fade away instead of running to a quick fix of a pill or a bottle or whatever it is, going to something that actually makes us better. See, you cannot be overwhelmed with stress and overwhelmed with God's presence at the same time. The root of all anxiety is separation from God. Let that sink in for just a second. The root of all anxiety is separation from God, which, by the way, sin is what separates us from God. And we just got to be cautious. You know, there's such a place where you can dance, and you can dance like nobody's watching because your focus is on one person or one thing. You can go all risky business dancing. I don't want you running around your underwear, but you get what I'm saying. Many of us have had those moments that I don't dance in public, but I'll dance by myself when I'm just in a good mood and nobody's watching. Why? why? Because I'm not distracted by all this stuff. It's just me and God or just me having fun or whatever it might look like. The root of all anxiety is the separation from God. And so we don't need a, a, coping, a stress coping mechanism. We need the presence of God. If we have the presence of God, it'll be the greatest stress coping mechanism you ever face, which is the problem with some of those stressors, those, those, those coping mechanisms. It's not that they're bad inherently. It's that they replace the presence of God. Are you with me? Yeah. And so God will give us peace anywhere if his presence is there. And so wherever we are, if we can learn in the middle of the stress to go, no, I'm going to change my focus from the stressor, from the anxiety, from the news, from social media, from this constant indecision of not knowing what to do, from the constant um, 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 stress of trying to make decisions of, of, of uh, so many things being offered to us and make the right decision. If I can change my attention over from that to God's presence, you can actually live in peace if you can learn to live in the conscious state of God's presence being with you. You ever know people that don't get stressed out easily? You ever know people that, that it seems like they're always even kill? And I don't mean because they're ignorant, because you get some of that too, right? <laughs> Let's be real. I mean, there's some people like, you know, you're just, you're, I, I mean, you're, there's something about them that's a pres, conscious presence of the God that's on them that just causes peace. And it's interesting because that peace will then start to overshadow on you as well, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So, we take our eyes off Jesus, and all of a sudden the stressor comes. We put our eyes on Jesus, and all of a sudden the stressors will release. The focus is where the stress comes from. If you focus on the wrong things, you'll end up stressed out. And when we spend time with God, we can't go back the way we came. <coughs> say it this way. I heard Bill Johnson say it this way one time. Uh, the Holy Spirit, when you spend time in God's presence, it's always a great exchange. You exchange your worries and your cares for his peace. And if you don't have an exchange of what you're dealing with or praying about and discovering your peace, you're not really praying, you're not communing with God, you're complaining with God. And oftentimes our prayer life, because we've never been taught how to pray very well, becomes a complaining session and we walk out with the same stress we walked in with. Instead, we're supposed to walk in and say, God, I lay this I cast my care and my anxiety on you because you care for me. I'm going to lay this at your feet and I'm going to take on your presence. And I'm, again, getting ahead of myself. But all prayer is an exchange. All prayer is an exchange. What do you say? Come to me, all you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me with your stress and I will exchange it for rest. All prayer is meant to be and exchange, which is in Philippians, Paul wrote, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we give it to God, he gives us his peace. He gives us his peace. Follow number two, if you're taking notes, follow Jesus's lead. So the first thing you got to come to Jesus if I'm going to dance, i got to go to the one who I'm dancing with. But secondly, I have to let that person lead me. 
I have to let that person I'm dancing with lead me if I want to have to not have stress. And he says this, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble of heart and you will find rest for your souls. A yoke is not a negative thing. Oftentimes in the church world when we hear the word yoke, we say the yoke of sin or the yoke of slavery or something like that. So it has a negative connotation. A yoke is not a negative thing, it's actually a positive thing. Because when one oxen can't pull the weight by himself, he will be yoked or have that cross beam that goes from his neck to another oxen so the other oxen can pull. And whichever one is the strongest will always end up pulling the most weight. Are you with me? I want to be yoked to God. I want to be yoked to Jesus because there are some stressors, there are some anxiety that I can't pull the weight from. There are some anxiety that you can't pull the weight and you need to be yoked to Jesus so he pulls the weight for you. So what do we have to do? We have to implement God's plan for our life, his yoke, not ours. This is, this is good right here. The number one reason we have stress is that we took on other people's plans for our lives and not God's. We end up with this yoke of stress, not because it's God's stress, because God's, God's burden is easy. His yoke is light, right? That's what he said. It's not because it's God's. It's because we took on somebody else's, and everybody has a plan for your life. Have you noticed that yet? The credit card company has a plan for your life. It's to get you in as much debt as possible. The, the, the co-worker has a plan for your life. Your boss has a plan for your life. Your job has a plan for your life. Your parents have plans for your life. No matter how old you are, they still have plans of what they think you should be. Everybody has a plan for your life, including God. And when you take on everybody else's plans, including sometimes your own that are apart from God, you will always end up carrying a burden you were never meant to carry. And you will always end up stressed and anxious, right? You'll, you'll always end up in that, 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 that place. Jesus was a great example of this. The crowds had a plan for Jesus' life. They wanted him to be a celebrity. They wanted to take him and make him king by force. The crowds had a plan for Jesus' life. Jesus constantly had to go away by himself, leave the crowds behind, say things that would disperse the crowds, stop trying to create a crowd, leave by himself. Why? Because he had a plan that was God's plan, not their plan. Everybody else always has a plan for your life. Don't let that become God's plan for your life. It's, it's not, not worth it. And so we get stressed out sometimes by these other people's plans. Sometimes we get stressed out by things that are out of our control. It's not worth the stress. Pray about it and leave it there. It's not in your control. This hurricane's not really in your control. You do what you can to, to prepare for it, but it's not in your control. We need, to, we need to simplify our lives back to God's plan for our life. So, so, so with dancing, um, I'm not only, Ada might say differently, I don't know. I, I don't not only not like dancing, I'm a horrible dancer. Y'all should laugh or something. Just throw me a bone right there. <coughs> I'm, I'm a bad dancer. I don't like dancing. That's probably why I don't like dancing, because I'm a bad dancer. If I really gave myself to it, maybe I'd be better. But I don't want to give myself to it, because I don't enjoy it. So, <coughs> and so, so when I get out on the dance floor, with Ada, because that's the only time I ever dance, because she makes me. <laughs> we did salsa lessons one time. <sighs> she laughs the whole time. Oh, this is so great. This is so awesome. Like, <sighs> when is this over? One of the things we do wrong is we try to throw everything into our dance of life. Instead of keeping it simple, keeping it God's yoke, we try to do everything. We're trying to be everything, do everything, have everything. We're trying to fit the model of the world instead of just being who Jesus is, which, which is relatively simple. I'm going to get to that in just a second. It's relatively simple. But I, I literally have a video that I'm convinced is exactly the way God looks at us in heaven. When he sees us out here trying to do everything, and he's trying to go, no, no, just simplify it. Just take my yoke. Not everybody else. Just take my yoke upon you. My simplified version. Just take my presence upon you. And, and this is literally what I think happens in heaven. Hit that video. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's all about right there. See how it gets bigger? Now I'm gonna start the fire. Put the feet are going. I start the fire, I make the pizza. Hips are always going. Stay getting up there. From there, the Q-tip. Q-tip. Throw it away. That's not working. Hit it with this. Don't 
ever do that again. Do you hear me? Just expressing myself. No. No. Mm-mm. Not like that, you're not. All right? This is where you live. Right here. You live right here. Okay? This is home. None of this. I don't want to see none of that. I don't need no pizza. They got food there. I'm convinced if you could see into heaven, because we get through life, we're doing this thing and that thing, and woo, we're trying to do, and God's like, no, stop it. I got to have this car, I got to have that spouse, I got to have this thing, I got to have this job, I need this, oh, I'm going after it, and God's like, no, no, keep it right here. Keep it right here, okay? What is, what is right here? Well, it's really actually very simple. Anybody can do it. You don't have to be, anybody can do it, right? Anybody can do it. It, it looks like this. Love God. Love people. Why? Because eternity matters, and there's only two things in eternity. Love God, love people. Keep it right here. Keep it right here. Keep it right here. Love God, love people. Oh, but I got to get this car. I got to get this thing. And God says, God says, that's you, Jose. Don't ever do that again. Do you hear me? Just expressing myself. No, no, mm-mm, not like that, you're not. You see it, you see it now. I gotta climb this ladder of success. I gotta get to this high place. I gotta do this thing. I gotta make my name great. I gotta do this awesome thing. And God says, don't ever do that again. Do you hear me? Just expressing myself. No, no. Mm-mm. Not like that, you're not. I'm convinced that's what God's saying, man. We're like, we're like, I'm just expressing my God. No, not like that, you're not. No, 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 no. I'm convinced. <laughs> a little facetious, but you get the idea. I hope this rings in your head a little bit. Don't ever do that. One more time. So you're watching the news. Don't. Hurricane proof. Don't. Ready for the hurricane. Watching the news, and what does Don't. God say? Don't ever. Don't ever do that again. Do you hear me? Just expressing myself. No. No. Mm-mm. Not like that, you're not. <laughs> hey, we're having fun after this hurricane. Listen, keep it, keep it right here. Keep it right here. All the other stuff is going to stress you out. And you know what it is. And yourself, you know what it is. And God's going to no, keep it right. Keep it simple. Keep it right here. You got this. You got this. But stop trying to do everything. It's stressing you out. God's will for your life is to love God and love people. It is that simple. Keep it right here. Anybody can do that. I go on the dance floor with Ada. I keep it right here. I look like a penguin. I look like a penguin. Ada doesn't care. She's okay with it. I just waddle. I just waddle. Keep it right here. If I go anything beyond that, I'm going to embarrass her. So just keep it right here. All right, so number one, come to Jesus. Number two, follow Jesus' lead. Number three, trust in Jesus. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Have you ever been up all night worried about something and you can't go to sleep and it's just chewing away in your mind and, and bouncing off the echo chambers of your skull and you just can't go to sleep? Has anybody ever experienced that? Raise your hand if you've ever experienced that. Just help me out. You know what? That's really good because now you know what worship is. You just got to change what's going on in your mind. You already know how to worship. Now it's just time to rechange our focus from the things of this world to the things of God. It's not an easy, quick fix. It's not going to be like you just do it once. It's going to take cultivating in your heart. But when you can learn to trust God and you can learn to worship God, all of a sudden you can walk through any storm of life because what's echoing through your mind is the goodness of God. I sat on my back porch. I posted this, and some of you probably saw it, but I sat on my back porch during the hurricane like many of y'all were doing. It's kind of it's like a whole show. It's like power's out. We got a whole movie going on in our backyard, right? It's beautiful. So we're sitting on the back porch watching this storm, and the wind's blowing, and I just, I'm just, I was not anxious at all. I know some of you were, and that's okay. I wasn't anxious at all. You know what went through my mind? Because I'm trying to think of the goodness of God in this moment. I thought, man, we're people of the 
Jesus said that we will be like people, the, the, the people of the Spirit will be like the wind, not knowing where it comes from and where it goes. And I thought, man, I want to be like this wind. I want to be a hurricane to the enemy. I want to be like a wind that blows through and destroys every work of the enemy that has planted itself in people's hearts. And here I am, and it's not about me, I'm just using an example, but here I am on the back porch in the same hurricane that's probably stressing my neighbor out, that I'm on the back porch going, God, you are so good. You are so good. I'm in God's presence, not in the presence and being anxious. Are, are, are you with me? Because oh, anxiety starts and lives and flourishes in your mind. And I refuse to let the enemy be the playground in my mind. My mind is not the enemy's playground. My mind is God's playground. And when I get anxious, what do I have to do? I have to change all that. And we're, we're really late. I'm sorry. We've got so much going on this morning. But, but when I get anxious, I've got to change the mindset from being fear and anxiety driven and switch it over to God. Let me, let me tell you what I do. This is just me, and all of you will have different things. I have on my Dropbox, which is always on my phone, I have certain songs that are like always there, and they're saved, like they're built in now, and so even if I don't have Wi-Fi, I can get to those songs. And so when I find myself in anxious moments, and I have plenty of them, I'm not like the poster boy of non-anxiety, but when I find myself in anxious moments, there's one song that I'll constantly go to. You know it. So, why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? And why should my heart feel lonely? And long for heaven and home When Jesus is my portion A constant friend is he For his eye is on the sparrow And I know he watches me how many of you feel God's presence even right now? Yes. That's what happens when we shift our mind from the stress of this world onto the things of God. And I can't tell you how many times I've listened to that song, even as I'm falling asleep because the stress and the overwhelming anxiety of ministry in this world is on me. And I said, God, I got to turn my focus onto you. And I'll put that song on repeat and literally lay there in bed. And it brings me a peace because it's a reminder that God's got it. It's all in his hands. I don't need to stress out over it. I don't need to stress out over it. I don't need to stress out over it. All right, I got to wrap up. We're, we're really late. Um, and so I apologize for that. But what America needs right now is a non-anxious presence. We need a non-anxious presence. Let, let me unpack this real fast as, as we wrap up. And we'll have to do, whoever's closing, Antoine, we'll have to do an altar call as people go. But uh, Dr. Edwin Friedman talks at length about this idea. And he's a genius, uh, part rabbi, part uh, leadership consultant, uh, worked with multiple presidents. Um, he was a, a, a therapist by trade, but an amazing, amazing guy. And he talks at length about this. What you need in the middle of anxiety is somebody who switches it and is non-anxious. In fact, you don't even always have to have the greatest leadership skills. Rarely is it about knowledge or understanding or technique. You just have to be non-anxious and you can calm the whole room. Back to our illustration. So, so let's say you have a, a fire in the movie theater and everybody, ah, they're running around. One person just standing up and going, hey, everybody, it's going to be okay. Walk out that door. Everybody take a single file line. Go out that door. One person just being non-anxious in the moment will settle everybody else down. You're on an airplane, and you hit turbulence, and the people are in the rows around you are like, ah! One captain who comes on the intercom and says, hey, guys, no big deal. The turbulence is going to last for another 10 minutes or so. We're hitting some weird air pockets or whatever cap pilots say. Well, all of a sudden, the, it's not because he's such an expert. It's because he's calm. Now, flip it around. If the pilot gets on the intercom and says, oh, my gosh, guys, buckle your seatbelts. We are in for it. We may not make it. <laughs> If the captain is just as anxious as the people, the anxiety will skyrocket. But if the captain is simply non-anxious, 
What we need in the world right now is a non-anxious presence. Your job as Christians, being salt and light in this world, is to be a non-anxious presence. Because what will happen is if you stop getting caught up in all the anxiety of the world and you stand out as a non-anxious presence, all of a sudden you can start calming the people around you. And you will stand out like a city on a hill. You will stand out like a lighthouse. Not because you're so smart or because you have some great technique or because you have such great education or whatever it is. Simply because you are non-anxious. You don't blend into the crowd. And that is also transferable just like the anxiety. And people look for leaders in moments like this who are non-anxious. And you will become that kind of leader. Stand up with me if you would around the room. Jesus deals with Peter because Peter is anxious, a little chronically anxious. He's always quick to speak, quick to say something, a little always, always moving. And Peter knew all about anxiety. And he one time wrote, he said, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You don't have to keep the anxiety. You don't have to keep running to things that, are, that, that might help in the short term. I'm not saying they're the worst things necessarily, but but all the stuff of this world that will be given to you as a temporary fix, it doesn't actually deal with the heart. It doesn't deal with what's really going on. There's something deeper there. And then in John, Jesus said, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I don't give as the world does. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. When you give God your stress, He gives you His peace. It's not a quick fix. It's going to take cultivating but you know what? That's what's necessary. And as you learn to take on the peace of God, you will influence those who are around you who are full of anxiety and stress. And that's what it means to be a city on a hill. That's what it is. So come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you peace. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you consider subscribing and sharing it to all your social platforms? If you were moved by this message and you would love to share your testimony, please email it to amen at myrisechurch.com. I pray you leave here feeling encouraged and inspired. We'll see you next time.